Hey everyone, before we jump into the episode, I want to invite you to register for my brand new three-day event coming in October, Master Your Money. This is for the woman who is tired of hustling for more money in her business and just seemingly scraping by, exhausted, burnt out, and starting to feel that desperation settling in. You know it's counterproductive and are tired of feeling disempowered and stuck in that cycle of making money to spend money, where what you really are desiring is that empowered relationship with your money, full of trust. So please join me for this event, Master Your Money. This is just for you to strengthen your relationship with your money, to strengthen your business. You can find the link to register in the show notes. Hello and welcome to Messy to Magnetic. My name is Katie Almstrom and I am a money mentor and financial coach for women entrepreneurs. And this is the podcast where you get to follow me and one of my clients behind the scenes during our coaching sessions for six whole months. It is my hope that you're able to take the lessons and transformations in this podcast and apply them to your own business, money, and life. So sit back, relax, and enjoy as we go from messy to magnetic. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Today I'm sharing a live stream that I did in my Facebook group this summer. And so for that reason, the audio is a little bit of a lower quality than usual, and I did the recording outside because I (laughs) do pretty much all of my live streams outside in the summer here in New Hampshire. So just fair warning about the audio, but this was such a great topic and really one that I hope you'll enjoy. And also just as you go into it, it's sort of um, one of the like five things, right? Five decisions I've made. I want you to think about one in particular that resonates with you and take it with you as you go about your week. All right, my friends, enjoy. Today, I want to talk about five decisions I've made about money. And here is the beautiful thing about decisions. (laughs) When you've made a decision, right, it is so much easier to keep committing to that decision than to remake a decision or like kind of commit to a decision every single day. So for example, in business, right? I've made the decision to go all in on my Facebook group. I love this group. I love showing up in this group. I love posting in this group. I love meeting the women in this group. I love doing challenges in this group. Like I'm all in on this group. I've made that decision. So every time I hop over to Instagram, which isn't often, and you know, like, because I follow a couple of people that I follow are mostly on Instagram. And so maybe twice a week, I go on Instagram to like kind of catch up, see what people are doing, what they're saying, how things are going and whatever. I am not like, I should start doing reels <laughs> or I should start posting on Instagram more. And obviously, like, not obviously, honestly, it would be easy for me to like repurpose a lot of what I do in this group and put it on Instagram. But 
I don't use Instagram. Like I don't go on Instagram. I don't really, I don't love the platform. I just, every time I've tried it, it just didn't feel, I don't know. I just didn't like it. And so I've made that commitment to like, I've made that decision, like Facebook group, this Facebook group, Facebook, it's my thing. And I don't feel that pull to make a decision about whether or not I should start you know, posting on Instagram every time I find myself on Instagram. So, because if I did, holy hell, like that would be awful, right? Like every single time I'd be like, oh my gosh, I need to download like someone's freebie on Reels or oh my gosh, I need to, you know, I, I used to be part of um, Jasmine Starr's social curator, right? I would get prompts and images and I love her images. I, I post some of them in this group regularly. They're gorgeous. Um, and like, so that was like a monthly thing. And I kept like, and I love the images and I'd be like, oh, I should do Instagram, but I didn't want to. And then I canceled it. And so anyway, like my point is if I wasn't committed to my decision, it would be a constant battle every time I looked at, okay, what's my strategy for me, social media for the month? Or what's my content strategy for the month? Or what do I want my VA to do? You know, like, it, it's not like we're like reinventing the wheel every single week. We've made the decision. Like for now it's set. Guess what? You get to change your mind. Like you get to change your mind. You need to, or you get to um, course correct. You get to, you know, look at the decisions that you've made and like make adjustments, of course. But, um, Ultimately, once a decision is made and when you're all in on something and, and, and when you've decided that something is really true for you, it is so helpful because then you can make other decisions, right, based on that. You can, you can run that through your filter of decisions that you've made in the past that serve you, that are true for you, okay? So that's what I'm going to talk about today, five, de uh, five decisions that have served me with money. Okay. So number one, I want a few nice things, not a lot of cheap stuff. I did not used to be this way. I used to be, and this was when I was teaching. And so I was on a really low teacher's income. I had credit cards. I had uh, student loans. I had medical bills and I was, I was stressed. I was stressed about money. I, I thought I was going to have this super low income for the rest of my life. I thought I was going to be stressed out about credit cards for the rest of my life. What did I do on the weekends? I went and spent all my money. <laughs> I went to, you know, pay less shoes when that was still a thing. I would, I would go to the outlets. I would go straight to the back to the sale rack, right? I would buy the $7 shirt, like no problem. I'd buy like six of them, right? It was so easy. It was so, so easy for me to spend money on the cheap crap. Okay. And this quote that I shared yesterday that I think is so um, beautiful comes from, uh, his name is uh, Sasha Aiken. This quote was shared in James Clear's weekly newsletter, which I absolutely love. But what he said that his grandmother would say is that when you buy something cheap and bad, the best you're going to feel about it is when you buy it. Okay, so think about that. Like when we are stressed about money and we go shopping to feel better about things, we're going to feel the best about the thing that's cheap and bad when we buy it, right? And so it doesn't matter how we feel about the thing later if we're looking for that sort of instant gratification, that feel good hit, okay? Then you wind up with crap 
that doesn't serve you. You've spent the money in a way that doesn't feel good. So number one, we are reinforcing a story that when I spend money, I feel like I, I don't feel good afterwards. Um, we're reinforcing the story that when I buy crap, I feel good immediately, like I have that hit. And we're also, re we're not reinforcing anything here, but we're adding to the stuff, the physical stuff that we have, which is a whole nother topic, right? So less, but like better, more expensive, more luxurious, better quality, just more like me. What's me? What do I want? What serves me? What do I love? And when I'm going to, you know, buy something, invest in something, when I want to replace something, let's let's go for something that that you know it it, it costs money potentially. Um, and that is not to say that you can't get beautiful, amazing, aligned items for less money. But like cheap and bad is very different, um, you know, from something that is expensive and good or something that you know, has a lot of value to you and it is really good, okay? So, and the second part of that quote is when you buy something expensive and good, the worst you're going to feel about it is when you buy it. But after that point, I mean, it, it feels so good. And I'm sure if you've ever bought something that has, you know, some value to it, that is luxurious, that is expensive, um, unless the decision to buy came from you know, not a good place, not a good mindset, right? If you buy something expensive because you think it'll make you look cool, like that's, that's not what we're talking about here, okay? So let me know if that resonates, if that's something you've experienced before, okay? So that's the first decision I've made about money. I want a few nice things, not a lot of cheap stuff. And so what that does is every time I decide to like if I if I want to buy something and I see something that's beautiful I see something that costs a little bit more money I know that that's going to serve me better than running to the sale rack okay now I also make sure the money's available I also you know I there's other things that I do and that I've decided about money that help me be in a position to purchase those things when I want to or I choose a, a more appropriate time to purchase those things but that just makes that decision to buy it easier because I've already decided that nicer things serve me better. Okay? Alrighty. Number two, how I treat myself is how I treat my money. It always starts with me. I hearken back to when I was teaching Stress Out and In Debt. Um, that just so happens to be the time that I like ate really crappy, I drank a lot, I would go out all the time, and the two sort of went hand in hand. Like, I wasn't taking care of myself, wasn't taking care of my body, wasn't taking care of my mindset, wasn't, like, I, I really wasn't fully there. <laughs> like, like I, I, I don't know, like, the uh, awakened or whatever. Like, I was, part of me was kind of a shell. Like, I was kind of, like, doing the things that I thought I was supposed to do. And... A lot of it was reactive, a lot of it was habit, a lot of it was the people I was spending time with. But how I take care of myself is how I take care of my money. And fast forward, I mean, gosh, like 15, 20 years, right? Things are really different, the way I take care of myself and the way I take care of my money. And, you know, sometimes there will be hiccups, right? We'll go through, you know, even when things are going well, even when you generally take care, good care of yourself, you generally take good care of your money, 
you can sense the dip. You can sense when maybe you're not doing as much of the, whether it's self-care or routines that you're used to or, um, you know, spending time with family or friends or people who, you know, really fill your cup. When you're not doing those things, it can feel like we resort to, I'm just going to spend money to feel better. Or like, if I don't even have time to work out, I'm not going to check my bank balance. Like, I'm not going to do the things to steward my money that I normally do. And a lot of that starts with how are we taking care of ourselves, okay? So that's really important to me too, is if I start to feel anxiety around money, if I start to feel like, I, I don't know, like I have a question about money or something just feels off or my, just intuitively, I feel like I'm not really doing as well as I should be with money, not like the amount, but just the connection to it. Well, how am I, how am I doing? Like, how am I doing? How am I eating? How am I sleeping? Am I exercising? Am I spending time with my husband? Am I, you know, like what's missing here? Okay. So again, really important decision to have made because I can look at those two things. I know there's a connection. I've decided about that. That, that is true for me. Okay. Number three, there are seasons of money. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to elaborate on this one too much um, because I just released a podcast episode on this one. I have talked about this in live. I talked about this in the challenge. Um, this is essentially a TED talk that I'll be giving. So there are seasons of money and in abundant, warm, sunny, good money seasons, I need to be preparing for the winters with money. I need to be preparing for when money does not feel so good. And the reverse is true. When money doesn't feel so good, when things feel a little tighter, a little more restrictive, a little more just wintry, hard, okay? I have faith that summers are coming. I have, I have faith in the seasons. I have likely prepared for this winter with the summer and so I'm okay I can be reflective I can I can embrace the winter and not think that there's something wrong necessarily um, again like I said I can be reflective I can think about you know why why this winter or maybe it's something that's out of my control completely and again I can have faith that the summer is coming and that the winters are normal um, and I can, I can embrace it as much as, as possible. Um, but I would definitely encourage you to take a listen to the podcast episode, The Seasons of Money, for more on that one. Okay, beautiful. So that was number three. Number four, money is a tool. Money is a tool. It doesn't define me. It doesn't define my worth. It doesn't define status, like any of that. Money is a tool. And I know there's a lot of people out there who would counter that quickly with money is energy. And I think those are two very different conversations. I am, I'm, I'm a bit more practical, uh, a bit more, um, like I, I like the logic, okay, piece. I like the, the tangible, the hands-on. Money to me as a tool means a lot of things. And this decision that I've made really serves me with my clients, okay? Um, so what that means to me is there are a lot of people out there in the world who did not learn how to use the tool. 
they, they didn't learn they didn't learn how to use the tool of money and in fact this tool became something kind of kind of dangerous kind of um, scary they they saw other people get hurt using this tool um, misusing the tool completely just like not even bothering to try to use the tool to fix something right so again that analogy could I could stretch that out but you're not inherently good or bad with money. You haven't learned how to use the tool or you have a lot of experience with this tool. It's like swinging a hammer. When I was, um, I did Habitat for Humanity um, back, I don't know, like 20 years ago, um, not that long ago, 15 years ago, whatever. Um, and I remember being up on the roof with a hammer and we were nailing in the shingles, right? And I was, you know, hammering away and someone there showed me a more effective way to hammer using a little bit more of my arm to save my like wrist and forearm strength, okay? And wow, did that make a difference? Like I wasn't beating myself up for not knowing how to use a hammer properly. Like I knew how to use a hammer. I could hammer the nail in, but it would go lopsided. I, like it just wasn't, I wasn't doing it as efficiently or as like beautifully as I could have and just a little bit of that that one-on-one -on -one, that lesson taught me oh this is I'm way more effective here I'm way more efficient clean like my, like the nails going in straight right people out there who haven't shown how to keep your fingers out of the way when they're hammering so they stop smashing their thumbs so again like it's a tool and we learn how to use the tool now don't get me wrong like I'm not like a hammering expert now right when my husband and I were building our garage there was a lot of hammering we used a nail gun for a lot of it but there was some hammering and I remember you know I remember I kind of caught myself doing it wrong and I was like oh wait there's a better way to do it and I couldn't quite remember it and my husband kind of knew and he was like yeah try this I was like ah yeah that's it that's it like I remember you know 10 years ago or whatever like I remember learning this and I picked it up again and I could do it again so maybe a strange sort of analogy there but it's it's the same thing we learn we we build up sort of that confidence that faith that we can do it we do it again we do it again we do it again and we release from the story that money is more than a tool right and that we can learn how to use the tool just like anybody else okay so that was number four number five money loves purpose without purpose money will leave and I would even expand on that based on a conversation I had this morning when money doesn't have purpose we almost never feel good about spending it and so there's two benefits to giving money purpose one is when we spend it purposefully we feel good that's part of how we build up faith that's part of how we build up the evidence that we're you know we can use this tool <laughs> okay when money doesn't have a purpose it it doesn't want to stick around <laughs> quite frankly like it's just gonna it's gonna go it's gonna find a way out it's gonna go find purpose somewhere else give your money purpose and it will hang around and serve you right steward it well okay so those are the five decisions that I've made again I didn't want to go into this too long each of these decisions is its own live stream so I will likely come back and 
walk through each one in more depth. But I just wanted to give you sort of a, a framework for some decisions that you can start thinking about, right? How do you feel about money? Do any one of these resonate or are they sort of a, like a completely new idea or decision that you haven't made about money? What decisions have you made about money? So I want you to be thinking about that and take one of these that resonates with you and what would it feel like to decide, right? Something about money that serves you better than maybe a decision or indecision that you've made so far, okay? So I'm gonna go over those one more time. Number one, I want a few nice things, not a lot of cheap stuff. Number two, how I treat myself is how I treat my money. It always starts with me. Number three, there are seasons of money. Number four, money is a tool. And number five, money loves purpose. Thank you for listening to Messy to Magnetic. I am so grateful for you being here. Please let me know how you liked the podcast by leaving a review. Each month, I'll be picking reviewers to give a coaching session away to as a big thank you. Please share this podcast with a woman entrepreneur in your life who would love it. See you next week.